Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Cycle Shack Podcast. I'm Ivan Rodriguez, your host in upstate New York at Animal House Studios, studio number, uh, studio B, rather. This is episode 48 of the Cycle Shack Podcast. We took a long break. We were gone for a little bit. I know. But hopefully you stood by and waited. We're back. And as always, I'm having technical difficulties, but we're going to get through them. Today is Sunday, July 28th, 2019. I am so glad to be back on the air again after a little hiatus. I got so frustrated because I was trying to work the bugs out of this system. I was so pissed off and I was really, really trying. So what I did was I eliminated the... uh, I eliminated the the video portion of the podcast for now, strictly for now. The Cycle Shack podcast will be a normal broadcasted podcast on Apple iTunes. I will try my best to get it back on YouTube in an order in an in an, in an audio format. Will you just see the logo of the show and you'll hear the show? I haven't worked that out. I decided to just keep it the way it was intended, take it back to basics, and keep it just a straight-up podcast. I apologize. What I was doing was straining my equipment. That's what I was doing. I was having all these technical difficulties because I was just just destroying my equipment, trying to get all this audio and video to work together while I was still getting my notes off of uh, the internet, et cetera, et cetera. And it just was not working out. I got multiple monitors doing things here, trying to set it up, but my 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 computer's just not powerful enough. I didn't buy a computer that was going to handle all of that. Instead, I just bought something that was going to work for the audio format, which is fine. So until we do, we're going to keep it back to basics. It's just going to be a straight-up podcast where you could listen to. And I will try to bring it back up to iTunes And I will try to just do it in a simple format where you're not really going to watch me in the studio. Maybe someday I'll set it back up. I still have my camera set up, but I have it disconnected because, again, it it was just bogging down my CPU and I wasn't ready for it. So I'll probably put it on iTunes on audio format and we'll do it that way. So it's good to be back after almost month and a half, two-month hiatus. I think June 1st or June 10th. I don't even remember. It was the last time I did the show. And... um. Had a lot of thoughts, doing a lot of thinking. A lot has happened since then. A lot of personal things. Got very busy for me at work also. Taking on a lot of responsibility, but nobody wants to hear any of that. Blah, 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 blah. I do this as an escape because I love to do it, and I love to flap my gums about anything motorcycles. That's basically all it is. And I uh, thank you if you're listening. Thank you if you stayed with me, and hopefully you keep tuning in. So here we go. 
Very special thank you to the sponsor, Anchor.fm. Again, anywhere, you can hear us on Apple iTunes, but our host platform is Anchor.fm, the only way to start a podcast. It's, it's, it's quick, fast, and easy, as you heard on the commercial that I did before the show just started. So check it out. I want to tell you that if you are looking for a Maverick motorcycle mechanic that's not your local Harley dealer to work on your bike or your search is over, your hometown alternative to a Harley shop is Armsco Custom Cycles, of course. Check out A.J. DeMauro and his family offering you complete motorcycles, uh, a quality work at, at, at quality prices. They'll treat your bike as if it was their own. No shortcuts taken or inferior parts used. So come be part of the Armsco family and see what you've been missing. Performance installations, uh, exhausts, pipes, headers, performance intakes, tuning, painting, detailing, and more. You name it, AJ's got it for you. So check out AJ at Armsco Custom Cycles. 15 Pamela Drive, Total One New Jersey, 07512, or email him at armscocustomcycles at gmail.com. Monday through Friday, 10 to 6. Saturday, 10 to 2. You know what? This guy says he's closed on Sundays, but I see him working on bikes all the time. That's dedication. That's a man that loves to work on motorcycles. He loves it. He has a passion for it, and I love it. AJ, I haven't forgot about you, brother. I know we've been in contact. I still got to see you, and it'll be soon, definitely. So take your bike over to Armsco Custom Cycles so you can let AJ, Maverick Motorcycle Mechanic, work on it for you. Phone number 201-697-0346. 201-697-0346. So here we go. My computer's now telling me to do something. My device needs to restart to install important updates. Well, it ain't going to happen right now. That's for sure. So back on the bandwagon with Harley Davidson, and, you know, that that's a lot of what I talk about because I'm a Harley fanatic. I love anything and everything Harley. Uh, that's no secret. Always loved Harley. And they are being affected by uh, the tariffs. So are other businesses, right? You know, in every way, shape, or form, anything that's uh, subject to being shipped. At work, I was still talking with a uh, uh, company we do business with, and they have to do with batteries, right? And batteries are made overseas, at least these type of batteries. They look like car batteries, but they're for actual... They're for uninterruptible uh, power systems, UPSs. Uh, I'm in the facility management business, so we do back up computer equipment via UPS. Not going to get into that long, boring story, but the U- a UPS is nothing but a giant box with like 40, 50 car batteries jumped, right, to, to make one big battery, and it's a buffer between transferring a, uh, your equipment to generator, etc. But basically, these batteries are subject to a high tariff because they're made in China, Japan, or overseas, period. You know, anything we buy from overseas is subject to that tariff. Harley-Davidson CEO talks about countering tariffs with Thailand plant and going quiet with Livewire. While the United States tariffs remain an obstacle to Harley-Davidson's international market, 
CEO Matthew Levitich hopes to use the company's Thailand plant to access the European market to lower the costs. So they're still coming up with plans um, until these tariffs are lost. There's really not much that could be done. So, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. As much as we would like the price of the Harley Davidson to go down, I think this is just an excuse for them to keep it up. If you ask me, I think prices can be lowered with Harley, but this is just one more thing to keep the prices up. You got Livewire that's coming out in just a few short weeks. Um, that sucker's going to run over $30,000 for a battery-operated motorcycle. That's ridiculous, but it is what it is. I still love the brand. Wish them well. I, I hope they can do well so that they can bring better products to their customers, etc. So that's what we're looking at. You know, I love all things motorcycle. I'll talk about any motorcycle subject. No problem. But I love Harleys also. So I wanted to also talk about Yamaha. It turns out Yamaha, remember their uh, Star Venture? It was kind of a bust. People weren't really buying them. They were having issues because I guess they were having issues with the bike. Uh, something to do with the revving in between shifting. But either way, you know, it was, it was kind of difficult for... Uh, people to get used to shifting in between first, second, third, etc. But guess what? The Yamaha Star Venture is coming back for 2020. The massive touring bike gets a new color but remains otherwise unchanged. You can read along with this and any other article at MotorcycleCruiser.com. This article is by Andrew Cheerney. Last week, Yamaha dumped such a huge pile of new model releases on us that we're still trying to separate the wheat from... (laughs) This is garbage. Naturally, we missed a a few important carryover models, and one of the bigger ones, literally, was the Star Venture. It goes on to say here, in our defense, there are exactly zero changes to the big boat luxury tourer for 2020, but it's still returning to the tuning four companies lineup next year. And with the price unchanged, we can still all agree that's a good thing. A massive transcontinental tour heaves back into Yami's touring category with its entire raft of onboard amenities and comfort features intact. The only change being added is the new color, Impact Beat Blue. Okay. So I guess that revving issue, they never got through it. I'm not sure there was a 2019. I think there was a 2018. They didn't come out with a 2019 and then they discontinued it. But now they're coming back for 2020. When it made its debut for the 2018 model year, all new freshly designed Venture reemerged into the star lineup. After a four-year absence, bearing a V-twin motor rather than the previous V4 arrangement it shared with the VMAX, tongues wagged and cynics claimed the whole exercise was just a money-saving ploy. Yamaha would use the same 1854cc air-cooled pushrod engine as the Star Raider 
in the lineup then, and it seemed like a cost-cutting move. It's a good-looking bike. Not so fast. There were other reasons for a V-twin, namely a narrower form factor. And unlike the Raiders setup, the Ventures counterbalanced engine is a rubber mounted is rubber mounted in a, an entirely new chassis with modern electronics that get packed into every cranny of this dresser. So it's a luxury touring arena of goodies. A lot of stuff on this bike. It's a lot happening on the dash, on the side, etc. This is a good-looking bike. It really is for a touring bike. It comes with like lower fog lowers, lower fog lights. It's got a trunk, which the trunk it shows a picture of the trunk with two helmets in it. But I don't know. The trunk doesn't seem as big as it as it should. The saddlebags are not as huge, but you know what? It, it's either way, it's a a touring system, and. The bike definitely has a lot of onboard gadgets, um, GPS, uh, you name it, every bells and whistles it's got. It comes with a 7-inch full-color LCD touchscreen display as standard equipment. The infotainment within is controlled via touchscreen, handlebar controls, or voice commands. An audio package with a high-output speaker or high-output speakers is included in the transcontinental package adds additional features. Okay, you can get granite blade granite granite gray and a new impact blue, which both have an MSRP of twenty four nine nine nine. If you want the transcontinental package, it'll cost you twenty six nine ninety nine. So not too far from Harley is the price tag on this motorcycle. I'm sure you get a sport bike feel. Maybe, maybe some good handling. Uh, like I said, it looks very comfortable. Doesn't look much different from your standard Harley touring bike. It's got the saddlebags, the trunk. It's got an option to put a rack on top of the trunk for extra carrying. It's got dual exhaust, lights galore. Very good looking bike. But, um... Again, for the price, I don't know. I look at this and I go, who's going to work on this bike when something fails on it? Do you have to take it back to Yamaha? That's one of the things we try to avoid with Harley, right? We try to get things worked on ourselves. Or by guys like AJ Damara, Maverick Motorcycle Mechanic from Armsco Custom Cycles, Total One of Jersey. Visit him soon. (laughs) All right, so... You know, I, I, I can't help but to look at social media, right? I'm I'm a social media whore. And I say that, you know, I don't live my life on social media, but there was some big thing going on that um, there were people literally talking a lot of trash because they didn't know if it was real or fake. And some people made comments to it. Other people took offense. And by the time this comes out, it had been a while already that since this happened. But uh, it was a, a, a quick excerpt that I saw on, on 
Social media and Illinois motorcyclists killed after grass clippings were left on the road. And it was a female. In Brew County, Illinois, a motorcyclist has died after an accident on Saturday caused by grass clippings left on the road. Cheryl Zeglin, 59, of Canton, Illinois. Wow, what a shame was riding with her husband and other motorcyclists on County Highway Route 6 in Brio County when the accident occurred. When the group came up, came upon grass clippings left on the road, the lead rider, Ziglin's husband, Tom Ziglin, began to lose control. When Tom Ziglin slowed down, Cheryl crashed into him and was ejected from her motorcycle. I... Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Wow. Ziglin died at the hospital two days later. So, unfortunately, her husband, who must feel horrible, I guess, swayed or, 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 you know, maybe his tire slid, lost a little control, regained control, slowed down. I guess the wife, it must have happened so quick, I guess she didn't just have time to slow down and unfortunately ran into him. That's sad. So I'm reading this from uh, Channel 6 Illinois News. So it must be true. Again, a lot of the stuff you read on social media isn't always true. Just because it's on social media doesn't make it true. You know, half the stuff you read on Facebook is fake. More than half the stuff. That's what's kind of hard to believe, some of this stuff. But again, this, 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 this accident created such a debate on social media. It was ridiculous the way people were going at each other. In my head, it was like, if this is a true story, what does it matter? The lady lost her life. But um, turns out it was a true story. I was going to go on and uh, talk about Harley Davidson again. It's funny because, uh, wait a minute, that's not what I was looking for here. There's a story on jalopnik.com. And uh, if I could open these notes, it'd be great. I'm always having difficulty. Harley Davidson is fighting for its life by building anti-Harleys in Asia. Harley Davidson is in trouble, and it has been for some time. Young people in America don't want big, heavy motorcycles, and that's a fact. President Trump's trade war has been kind of a disaster for businesses in general, not just Harley. Again, this isn't a Trump bashing session. I don't get into politics like that. I could care less about Washington anyway. So Harley Davidson has turned to Asia. The company's hopes in selling bikes, it'll be its biggest market it's going to reach. Harley's in a weird spot, right? 
So this article is from Jalopnik.com. Eric Schilling. And he goes, but like how Buick sells a ton of cars in China, but is trying to get over its image as it has been here in the U.S. Harley has found that its image overseas has a much greater upside than here. And it's true. You can see it all over the Internet that people love Harleys, especially in India. What's interesting about that strategy is that Harley is growing in Asia and other markets by selling higher by selling lighter weight motorcycles, excuse me, which is the same strategy that Honda, Kawasaki, Yamaha, and Suzuki used to nearly break Harley itself when they entered the American market in the late 60s and 70s. Now, according to the Wall Street Journal, Harley is partnering with Qingjiang Motorcycle, a Chinese company backed by Geely, owner of Volvo, to produce a light motorcycle with a goal to sell half its motorcycles overseas by 2027. Harley has already had plants or already has plants in Brazil, India, Australia, and Thailand. And says last year that it would be closing its operations in the plant in Kansas City. Harley said that with the new bike, The new bike being being manufactured by the Qingjiang Motorcycle Co. will have an engine displacement of 338 cubic centimeters. Most motorcycles sold in the U.S. have engines of 601 cc's or more, according to Harley, which is true. The new offering will be sold will be only Harley brand will be the only Harley branded bike made at its own facilities. The Milwaukee-based manufacturer said that despite the small size, the bike will be a premium product in China that looks and sounds unmistakably like a Harley. It's due, it is due to make its debut at the end of 2020. 330cc is a tiny bike, at least by the standards of Harley's big bikes, which can have engines nearly six times that size. But Harley is finding, like the Japanese manufacturers did decades ago, that the market for smaller bikes is simply bigger than it is for the heavier ones. Harley's also has Harley also has lost tradition of licensing its name for all sorts of products. Oh, I'm sorry. Harley also has a long tradition <laughs> of licensing its name for all sorts of products. So isn't it surprising that it would, wouldn't hesitate to do so for a motorcycle made overseas in a market that its core customers in the U.S. will likely never interact with? And the very distinction of Harley's core customer will inevitably change as its overseas expansion grows and grows. So Harley making some big moves overseas so I guess what's happening is, is that nothing's changing for them here in the States. No matter what they do, they can't reach that demographic. What do I mean? The millennial. And I've beaten this over the head over and over and over again. You got to come up with a bike that's going to be affordable. I don't think it has anything to do with big twins. I don't think 
the 20 year olds mind riding a street glide an ultra classic but we got to make cooler paint jobs right and aside from that you got to make it more affordable $18,000 straight up is not an affordable bike not when you have the caliber of bikes being made by the Japanese sold here for a little bit cheaper not by much because the motorcycle manufacturing market is just going up as you saw, Yamaha's full-blown flagship touring bike is starts at $24,000. But that's their top-of-the-line, top-end touring bike. You know? You can get a brand-new V-Star 650 if they offer it. Um, 650, 750 for a good nine grand, ten grand, twelve grand. That's the same... Almost the same price for a Sportster, right? Um, the difference is those bikes have a bigger feel. The Sportster doesn't have a bigger feel at all. Not at all. So, you got to step it up, Harley. So, uh, yeah, that's it. They've changed strategies, period. You can't blame them. You can't stop them, but hopefully things get better for him. You got to wish him well, right? So shifting gears to cars from motorcycles. So I'm a fan of Chevy, right? Isn't that ironic? He loves Harley Davidson's. Of course he loves Chevy. So I read that the GMC, which is Chevy, GMC Cyclone is back with 455 horsepowers. Only 100 limited edition Cyclones uh, performance trucks will be built. You guys remember the Cyclone? It was the old, it was a little sport truck back in the, I think it was 90s. Yeah, it says here, and I quote, this is from carbuzz.com by Martin Big. The article goes, remembering the 19, remember the 1991 GMC Cyclone? It was arguably one of the greatest trucks GMC ever built, packing a turbocharged V6, producing 280 horsepower that enabled it to hit 0 to 62 in just 4.3 seconds. That's still impressive even today and was quicker than a Ferrari at the time. It's a shame then that GMC never built a successor to the iconic performance truck. But after 27 years, the Cyclone nameplate is finally being revived thanks to specialty vehicle engineering. The same company behind the crazy 1,000 horsepower Yenko SC Stage 2 Camaro. Based on a 2019 GMC Canyon extended cab truck in the rear, or all-wheel drive. The tuning package adds, uh, uh, increases the truck's 3.6-liter V6 from a stock 308 to a 455, thanks to the addition of a supercharger and custom stainless steel catback exhaust system. To balance its monumental power, specialty vehicle engineering has also upgraded the brakes with a six-piston front caliper instead of a four with black Cyclone graphics, and the slotted front rotors are upsized from 12.2 inches to 13.6 to provide plenty of stopping power. 
Handling is enhanced with a sport suspension package that lowers the truck by two inches at the front and five inches at the rear and includes HD traction bars. That is cool because it's been a while they came out with a nice little truck. This is a nice looking truck. Check it out, carbuzz.com. It's an awesome little truck. Hey, they also got a picture of the old school uh, 1991 Cyclone, which I love. It's got that old Chevy G-body style, that squared look, but it's still got a badass little kit on it, badass tires. It's got a badass stance. looks angry. You got to check it out. It's awesome. Carbuzz.com. GMC Cyclone. Nice. It's like a small little hot rod truck with a short bed. Love them. Gotta love them. I just picked me up an 07 Chevy Tahoe. I needed something that had true V8 muscle, and nothing says it than the 5.3 Chevy Vortec. Let me tell you. I use one for work, but I had to get one for my for, for me, my personal use. And I'm thinking of getting some uh not Flowmasters. I'm tired of Flowmasters. Oh man, I had the name right in the Magnaflow. Thinking of putting a nice Magnaflow catback exhaust. Nice uh simple cold air intake. Maybe get a bully dog chip. Something to just make it sound nice and give it just a little extra oomph when I step on the pedal. But it's a great truck. Beautiful truck. It's an old uh police SSV vehicle. Gotta love it. I just love Chevy V eight power. Bottom line. And then the final story that I have here for tonight, guys, wanted to uh, also make mention of the the unfortunate, tragic story involving the seven unfortunate motorcyclists who, in New Hampshire, who had a collision with a pickup truck, unfortunately. And um, I believe these guys were from, uh, was it Leathernecks MC? I'm sorry for not remembering that. But uh, it says here, Lancaster, New Hampshire, investigators issued a plea Saturday for the public to come forward with information as they tried to determine what caused this pickup truck hauling a trailer to collide with a group of nearly 10 motorcyclists on a rural highway, killing seven bikers and leaving their community reeling. Now, this story is old. It happened in late June. This is July 28th. But again, I haven't been on the air. And I threw this in my notes because I wanted to talk about it. Authorities identified the pickup driver as, I can't even pronounce this name, Volodymyr, it's not Vladimir, it's Volodymyr Zhukovsky, 23, an employee of a Springfield, Massachusetts company called Westfield Transport. Zhukovsky survived the accident and has not been charged, authorities said. But we know he has been charged because, again, this story was back in uh, late June. They didn't release details on his condition or his whereabouts. The National Transportation Safety Board is among the agencies investigating. Authorities said that they're asking for the public's help. This is one of the most tragic accidents we've had to investigate. New Hampshire State Police Colonel Chris Wagner said, at a Saturday news conference in Lancaster. It's going to be a very lengthy investigation, 
and that it was. 2016 Dodge 2500 pickup truck towing a flatbed trailer, the kind used to hold cars, collided with the riders at about 6.30 p.m. Friday on US 2, two-lane highway in nearby Randolph, New Hampshire. That is such a shame, for real. It really is. You know, I, I ride in the pack all the time. And although you don't think about those things, when you get to your destination or sometimes you're daydreaming, you're like, man, thank God we all got where we were going safe. You know, it's uh, it's a shame, man. We got to share that road. I don't know if this guy was drinking. Um, I never followed up with the story ever again. Uh, I think another story came up uh, and just like took its place and just like smothered it on the news. But for the most part, I think this guy was actually, I think the charges, you know, he, he was on something. Something was going on there, but he definitely shouldn't have been behind the wheel. I don't know if it was suspended license or or drinking and driving. And, and unfortunately, again, I didn't follow up with the story because it died. It died down. I don't remember what story took precedence over it, but something else just came and just swooped it out of the news. Um, it made a quick comeback, but then I think the... Uh, the story about, uh, oh, what's his name? The baseball player, Big Poppy in Dominican Republic, then got shot. And that story trumped this. So, um, yeah, I think the guy was charged with, with something, some kind of uh, drug charges or something. But, um, again, yeah, I think about this all the time when we ride. And this, the sad part about this is that, you know, I ride with my wife. You know, we ride on separate bikes now. However, if we, when we go on long trips, she may opt to ride with me because I have a touring Harley. So when she does sit with me, that's that's now mom and pop on the bike. You know, and God forbid, knock on wood, if something happens. Um, you know, you're always in the back of your mind. You don't want to think about it, but you say to yourself, man, if we both go, you know, our children, it's, it'll be tragic. You know, and a lot of people don't like talking about it, but, you know, I'm going to talk about it because it's a reality, right? And I always say to myself, maybe on some of these trips I shouldn't bring my wife. It's not because I don't want her to go. It's just, man, God forbid something happens. We're, we're both on the bound this bike, you know, but by the grace of God, man, we get to where we're going safe. That's what counts. And um, people got to be sharing that road, man. I mean, you know, we call people driving in cars cages, right? We call cars cages because people are safe, you know, a lot more safer than we are on two wheels. And I see a lot of the dumb shit that people do on the roads, and it really pisses me off. And sometimes you want to just jet out in front of them and just tell them, you know, what the heck you doing? But at the same time, you know, you get that little voice in the back of your mind that says, chill, relax, because all they have to do is turn their wheel towards you, and you are a goner. Because that's really all it takes. It doesn't take a collision to make you go down and have a tragic accident. Someone can sway as if they're going to hit you, and you react to move out the way, and you lose control, and away you go. It's that simple on a motorcycle to lose your life. It really is. So you really got to have like a million and one things going on in your mind when you ride. You're riding and you're relaxing, but when you're on a long trip, you know, especially when you're a little fatigued sometimes, 
you know, those sensories kind of like die down a little bit. And you always got to keep yourself alert, especially on the highway, man. But anyway, I want to wish everybody a safe and happy riding. Thanks a lot, guys, for tuning into the Psycho Shack. We're going to call it a day for today. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, check out AJ, Maverick Motorcycle Mechanic at Armsco Custom Cycles in Total One, New Jersey. If you too want to record a podcast and want to get into podcasting yourself, try Anchor.fm. It is the only way to podcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining me. I'm Ivan Rodriguez from up in the Hudson Valley in Animal House Studios. This is the Cycle Shack. We'll be back next week with another show. We're going to start talking about a lot more things other than motorcycles because I'm going to flap my jaws about anything and everything I want to. That's just the way it's going to be. Thanks a lot, folks. Keep them two wheels down. Safe riding. God bless. Tunes for the Cycle Shack podcast were produced by Technoax. For all your royalty-free music needs, check out Technoax.com or check out Technoax at YouTube under Technoax, T-E-K-N-O-A-X-E, for all your royalty-free music. <laughs>